0: Listening to Vet Candy. Hey all! This is Dr. Jill Lopez. You may know me as the founder of Vet Candy, but do you know why I started Vet Candy? Simply put, it's because of people like you. I love that in our profession, there's always somebody new to meet. I'm really passionate about meeting new people and sharing their stories. And I consider myself fortunate to work in a field that is full of the coolest people on the planet. And that's why I created 21 Questions, to share their stories. With 21 Questions, we take a deep dive into interesting stories and topics. We talk with others in a free formed, wide open, relaxed conversation to not only have some laughs, but maybe to inspire some people along the way. Are you ready to get started? I am, let's go. It takes support to get through life. No matter how smart, hardworking, or tough a person is, we all need family, friends, and colleagues in order to successfully and happily make it through this journey that we call life. Abby Seely knows that. When it comes to human qualities she admires most, it's people who simply show up for each other that Abby appreciates. She herself embodies this quality too. Originally from Hershey, Pennsylvania, Abby Seely is a third year veterinary student at the University of Pennsylvania. From working part-time, helping students brush up on surgical skills to doing research for Penn Vet Working Dog Center, Abby shows up for her community. Basically, she's always ready to lend a helping hand. I'm so excited to introduce you today to my guest, Abby Seeley, Welcome to the show, Abby. Hi, I'm excited to be here. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to have you on the show too. And I want to keep calling you. When we have students on, I want to call them Dr. This, Dr. That. I want to call you. Did you notice I was like sort of stuttering like, duh, duh. Abby? <laughs> so, wow, third year. So you're practically a fourth year because it's it's practically March. So you have fourth year coming up. What plans do you have for the summer? Do you have any really cool internships planned? So I
1: actually did early entry into clinic. So I feel slightly even more like a fourth year because I've been on rotations now for a little bit. So I just finished some really cool ones. I did a mixed animal practice. I did Orodell in New Jersey, which is a pretty big small animal hospital specialty hospital. And then uh, the NYPD ASPCA Forensic Externship. And then this summer, I'm mostly going to be either at New Bolton Center, our large animal hospital, or at Ryan, the small animal hospital. I'm doing one more uh, fun one, uh, like a surgery externship with uh, Providence, which is a shelter near Penn, uh, just like spay neuter stuff. And then I'm doing Radner Veterinary Hospital, also near Philly. Uh, it's an ex- exotics practice, so trying to.
0: Call, well, you're <laughs> hitting, You're checking all the boxes. You're getting a lot of, I, like back in the day, we had no options. Like we didn't have anything other than just like your core curriculum or whatever, and that was it. Like you couldn't do any early clinics. You couldn't do anything. So we, if you like mixed practice, what is your favorite farm animal?
1: Oh, I love cows, dairy cows specifically. But I think my favorite animal to do medicine with is goats. They're just so spunky. They're so sassy and they just love to be problem children. And I love problem children.
0: (laughs) Yeah. They're so cool. We actually have five goats and they're like they're the coolest animals I've ever seen. So that's cool. So what do you think about pigs? Do you like
1: pigs? Yeah, I hadn't worked with pigs before until my, my more recent externships. But again, just like another fun animal. The owners are great too. Like they bring been on their leash. They're like leash trained. Yeah, they also have little personalities that it's one of the animals that I think is harder to like learn how to read them. They're just behavior and body language if you haven't been around them like I hadn't. But after two weeks of working with them, yeah, it was was such a good time.
0: They're so smart. They're so smart. They're the smartest. I mean, the goats are cunning, but our our pigs are really smart, but the pigs... Are like terrified. They're bullied by the goats. And we have this big giant one called Maui, and he's like got post traumatic stress. He won't even come out of the barn sometimes because he's scared they're going to chase him.
1: Oh my gosh. He should know his weight. I think I'd be more scared of a pig than a goat. (laughs) He
0: could probably bully them if he really wanted to. Yeah, he's huge. He's like, I mean, his weight alone, he's like the same weight as all five of the goats. But they like bully, like the, we have two Sanans, and they're like, like mean girls. And they're so mean to him. You know, the thing about pigs are is people always say, oh, you're eating like a pig. You know, you're messy as a pig. Pigs eat like gentlemen, like they are delicate. They they take forever to eat because we have to feed them separately because the goats will knock them around and eat all their food. So it's, you have to sit there and wait for so long. They take forever to eat. They're really slow and delicate And they're not messy. They're potty trained. They had a litter box for a while, then they got too big and they moved outside um, into their barn. And they don't even poop or pee in the barn. They come out and they go to a special area and poop and pee. Yeah, they're so clean. So somebody made this up about pigs. And somehow sheep's got such a great rep. Like, oh, sheep's help you count them, help them, help you sleep. A little baby lamb, ugh, they're the opposite. Yeah. The only thing good about a sheep is they do mow lawn. Like our lawn is beautiful because they're, that's what they do. They do it really well. And I, I'm taking them to my neighbor's house and they just, they just come out and they, it's just like, that's their job. And they just mow the lawn <laughs> and that's it.
1: Like, I know this one town near Pittsburgh, they're just like recreation center, like the community's recreation center got like a small herd of, I think it's goats though, not sheep, just and they that's who like mows the lawn now for them. And I was like, what a fun way to, like
0: incorporate agriculture. Okay, oh, oh, oh. Hold that thought. We've got to go to commercial break. And we'll be right back. So stay tuned. We'll be right back with more vet candy. As a veterinarian, making time for your mental health may seem impossible right now. That's why we've partnered with Vet Candy to bring awareness to Zant. With Zant, you can choose from 25 focus areas, from burnout to addiction to everyday struggles, for zero dollars to access and free first sessions. Thinking there's a catch? No catch. Just actually affordable mental health care. Download Zant in the iOS App Store today. There's areas where they send, they call it the goat army, where they send out goats to areas to clear off brambles to prevent wildfires. the The thing is about goats, though, we lived in a place that very, it was very wild, and now it's not because they ate everything. They ate, yeah. The problem is you can't plant anything because they'll eat it. They ate every. We had to chop down all the poisonous bushes. They ate the bark off of our apple trees and our pear trees, and that killed the tree. (laughs) They're, like, voracious. But there's, like, no brambles anywhere. They ate it all. Now, the sheep, they're focusing on, of course, they're super boring. They're not going to ever, you know, do anything cool. But they do mow the lawn. So they just keep the lawn mowed because that's sort of... A boring person so the moral of the story be a goat not a sheep yeah right (laughs) and pigs are
1: cleaner than you think
0: (laughs) yeah pigs pigs somebody needs to say they're sorry for saying if you've ever said something about a pig derogatory you need to say that you're sorry yeah wow you eat like a pig you're so elegant you have such elegant eating habits yes okay are you ready to play 21 questions miss abby okay future dr abby okay So, ready? what is the most embarrassing thing that you have ever done? Oh, my goodness. I do
1: embarrassing things all the time. I think I am just prone to embarrassing myself. The most embarrassing thing I've ever done.
0: It's got to be good. We got some really embarrassing stories that you have to follow. I know my first year of vet school, I, like,
1: accidentally emailed our whole class instead of just responding to one person, but that wasn't, like, super embarrassing,
0: I don't have a good answer for that. I don't think, I don't know. Most people, it involves either like poop pee or nudity. (laughs) It's usually like someone said once that I think a dog pooped in their lab coat pocket and they didn't know right away. I think I've been peed on before and then gone into an appointment
1: and not realized, but (laughs) that wasn't great. But I think that comes with the territory of the job. (laughs) Yeah. I don't think you've like officially worked in uh, vet med or any animal field if you haven't
0: <laughs> been soiled somehow. If somebody hasn't been peed on or pooped on or like had a mouthful of anal glands, then they're not real veterinarians, right? That's how I think. Yeah, you're not truly a vet unless that's happened. If everything has happened, then you're you like you've been a vet for at least a week. You gotta like check stuff off. Yeah, right. It doesn't take very long. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, anal glands are so gross. And that's like, everybody has gotten that in their mouth. I mean, that's just disgusting. And, and a lot of people won't admit it. But I even got rumen contents once I was standing too close to a fistulated cow. And I was like, what's that? Bam, and I had my mouth open. So that was pretty bad. Yeah. Well, let me ask you a question. Would you rather have rumen contents shot into your mouth from a fistulated cow or a face full of anal glands? I think rooming contents. I just, anal glands
1: never come out. The smell is so hard to get out. And just be near my face, I think rooming contents, I'm like, the cow ate it. I can probably eat it.
0: It's fine. (laughs) Well, Dr. Courtney Campbell knows matcha. And when I was drinking matcha, I'm like, this is like, you know, matcha is like rooming contents to me. It's like, digested grass, (laughs) but he loves it. I tried so hard. So yeah, I guess everyone would probably take that. Okay, cool. So next question, what's the most spontaneous thing you've ever done?
1: Oh, I have a lot of those. My freshman year of college and undergrad after finals week, we like wanted to do something fun to celebrate our first year of college. And within 12 hours, we booked a skydiving trip and, drove two hours from our college and me and like three or four of my friends from that year decided to celebrate being done with school by skydiving. Um, Yeah. Did your
0: mom know? That's what I always want to ask people. No,
1: she, she had always said, she knows I'm a pretty spontaneous person. So she had always said, tell me after you're back on the ground. (laughs) So I sent her a picture after I was back on the ground and I had good news to tell her. But Yeah. I'm a pretty spontaneous traveler too. I've last minute decided to go on some fun adventures, but yeah, skydiving is probably my most like short amount of time. Yeah. Decision.
0: So you're not, are you scared of heights? Or are you not scared of heights?
1: Um, No, not really. I think the older I get in general, the more wary I am of everything because I know all of the ways that it can go wrong. But no, not in general. And honestly, the plane we were in was so small and just this like even puddle jumper plane like makes it seem better than it really was. So by the time we got up there, I was like, I'm ready to get out of this plane. I don't trust this. Like I trust the parachute more. Like uh, so I was I was ready to get out of the
0: plane. (laughs) someone would have to probably give me some kind of sedation to get my, like my fingers off the wall of the plane. I would be like embedded in it. Yeah.
1: And you have someone behind you. So you're like very pushed out because they have to get into like a good position uh, because we were doing it I've seen some people now do it and they're on these like big planes and this like ramp just kind of lowers and they can walk out and do it I was like in a ball and we had to like get onto this like one step and had to like somersault out of it or else you'd like hit the plane wing so it was like very I was like yeah um, and coincidentally, um, I was up there with one other guy who wasn't with our group. He was like 80 years old and goes skydiving every day. He's retired. That's just what he does. He like goes by himself. He doesn't go tandem like I was. Go skydiving every day and he like jumped out first and was like, see you at the bottom. And I was like, what a life.
0: Oh my God. That's so cool. So a lot of people I talk to, when we get to this question, they're like, I don't do anything spontaneous. So you actually are very spontaneous, right? Yeah,
1: I think so. I think I just really like new things. I like going on adventures. I like having things to talk about, um, especially like outside of vet med. I think our like, industry is so passionate about what we do. And so sometimes it can just become all you do. And I think I like having, you know, a life outside of that too. Well,
0: that's good. And maybe that's why you're so smiley and so calm and balanced. Like this first thing I thought when I started talking to you, I thought you're very balanced. You know, you're very calm and balanced. So, okay, next question. What is your biggest regret?
1: in a like very cheesy one-off answer I don't think I have any I'm pretty happy where I am and I know all of my decisions have led me (laughs) to this point but if I had to pick something probably this is actually a random one that I just think I came up with now is I've never had a like waitressing job and I think that that has like a lot of really good character building that comes with it I worked in like the food industry so I worked at an ice cream shop for like three or four years, but like a true, like waitressing job, I think is like a, almost like an experience everybody should have at some point. And I was always so focused on having animal experiences that I never like had a job outside of really animal stuff.
0: (laughs) Yeah. When you worked in an ice cream shop, like how, um, what is it? A famous ice cream shop or like a local place? It
1: was just in my hometown. It was cash only. So we had to do a lot of mental math. <laughs> so I do have that. I especially when uh, some people are like, Oh, you guys can all use these like, you know, POS systems now. And I was like, no, I had to like tabulate it. We did mental math on the spot. Um, and that was like what it was known for and made it seem like more old school because we, they loved that people did that. Um, yeah, it was soft, soft serve place. Yeah. Especially where we made homemade raspberry and that was only Wednesday to Sundays. So people would always like, those are like our busy days. And I did that at the same time that I worked at, um, a dog, like pet
0: kennel in my hometown, did you wash your hands after cleaning up dog poop whenever you started making ice cream? Oh, yeah. There were, there were different days. The <laughs> oh, that's cool. I did. I worked at an ice cream place for a very short time, but I could never make like the ice cream cones. My cones would be all different sizes.
1: Oh, I think I still have it. I'm like a professional. I could do like three large cones and then go back to the counter.
0: (laughs) I love this. Like You'll see in the Northeast, you'll, you know, even here in Connecticut, New Jersey, and I know you were in Pennsylvania, you'll have these little places and they're always cash only. And it's run by like high school students and they have the best ice cream. And there's like a line out like a mile long like in the evening? Yeah, we would
1: have insane days. It was definitely I think it was the only soft serve place really that I can think of. So that definitely helped. I
0: <laughs> yeah, I always thought that'd be such a fun company to have. Like you just have you just make ice cream. You make everybody happy and you have off the winter, I guess, if you wanted. Yeah. Yeah. It'd been
1: around forever. The same owner that opened it. So it was called Annie's, right? Annie didn't own it anymore, but it had been around the reason that I actually got the job there, or not got it, but why I applied for it, um, it was my grandmother's favorite ice cream shop. Like anytime we would leave church or something, we would like have to get Annie's after. And then I was looking for like just another, you know, seasonal job in the summertime. And so I was able to do that with either the kennel or when I started teching, I was able to pick up shifts still. So it was
0: it was a fun time. It was good. <laughs> Yeah, that sounds like fun. I love ice cream. I love ice cream. Yeah. Okay, next question. If you had an unlimited budget, and you had 24 hours to have your dream day, where would you go? Who would you take with you? And what would you do? So my I always say my next like travel
1: destination that I want to do is Southeast Asia. So like Thailand, that area. Uh, so I would do that <laughs> I would take my family I traveled with my family I grew up traveling with my family I love traveling with my family Um, and then my like best friends too just because I'm on limited budget everybody's coming we would eat all of the good food the food over there just looks incredible I think I would just eat my way for 24 hours try to do some hiking and some I love being near water so like their little ocean boat tours seem amazing would love to do some animal experiences as long as they're ethical over there. Some of them I know are touchy, but yeah, I think I'd go to Southeast Asia.
0: (laughs) That sounds like fun. That does sound like, like I can see it in my mind. You know, I don't know why I see like elephants on the beach playing and everyone's playing, but (laughs) I'm sure there, there's no elephants on the beach, but okay. Next question. What do you wish that you were really good at that you're not really good at right now?
1: Public speaking.
0: Um, I have like a big public speaking event
1: coming up. And so I'm getting a little more nervous for it. It's some, I don't like being bad at things. So I usually force myself to do stuff that I don't like. Um, and so I'm doing this public speaking event in April.
0: Where where are you doing? What are you doing?
1: Um, so I'm actually presenting to the Department of Defense at the National Working Dog Convention um in DC. I'm, I'm doing research right now with the working dogs, they've all since passed, but uh their health data from the dogs that were deployed at 9-11. So I'm uh presenting like some of our findings at that conference, and we're hopefully submitting to a journal within the next few weeks. So
0: <laughs> Oh, that's great. That's great. Yeah. So you better practice. You got to grab a mirror and practice. Yeah.
1: I can, yeah, usually make it through like a school presentation or something, but I know I'm going to get nervous when I get up there. So I'm going to have to practice, you know, envisioning the audience in their underwear and
0: all that fun stuff. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I I don't know if that works, but I've had to speak a lot in front of people. And one time I had to speak at a national sales meeting at Merck and there was like a thousand people in the room and oh, my God, I was freaking out. But I practiced like when I wasn't at work, I was at home in front of a mirror practicing and somehow I got through it. I had notes on my hands, too, because I I'd get like you look around to so those all these people and you just freak. And so I had these notes because I knew I'd freak and I was like this like with my hand. <laughs> but yeah, it's all about practice, practice, practice. So you've got time.
1: Yeah. And I think also I've done a few, I've spoken to a few um, like undergraduate classes since I've been at school and on varying things. So the first one that I did was an environmental, I'm going to forget the name of the lab now, but like an ecology lab in a university of San Diego. It was one of their labs. I have a wildlife degree from my undergraduate and I was talking to them about like sampling methods, which is something that I have this degree in, but it's not something I'm actively using right now. Um, And so that one I was ended up being so much more nervous about just because it was something I wasn't like actively like thinking about all the time or felt really comfortable with. And then I've spoken now to a Penn state class about international agriculture a few times. And that's just something I'm so passionate about and talk, could talk about for hours but it was so easy. Like I almost went over time. And but the working dog, the nine eleven study I've been working on since my first year of vet school. So I like know that data in and out. I feel like I will feel very confident giving it, but I definitely need to practice.
0: Let's go to a commercial break and we'll be right back. We'll be right back with more vet candy. Hey, this is Dr. Julio Alonso. Do you want to keep up with everything Vet med? Then check out my show on Vet Candy TV. We talk about clinical updates, science news, plus some of the coolest people in our profession. Stream at MyVetCandy 24-7 on YouTube, iTunes, and most other video platforms. So what's, real quick summary, what did you learn from that? Like, what's the takeaway from that research? The research? So I can't tell
1: you the results because we are trying to publish it in a German Javma hopefully look for it but in general I think everybody should try and get involved in research I don't like research it's not my calling one of my roommates in vet school uh, loves research like that's what she wants to do and she's great at it it's it absolutely put me out of my comfort zone but it's worth trying to do stuff that you haven't done before. I think especially in vet school, we have a lot of opportunities to do a lot of different things that we probably won't get to do in the future. Um, and it's been fun. It's been great to just learn how to write scientifically, how to analyze data, how to do and just see, uh, you know, this real world event that involved animals and how it's playing out.
0: You know, research has changed in the olden days before there was strict guidelines. It was horrible. And now a lot of research is done on data. That <laughs> Candy publishes, the, like when you get your your data, out, we'll probably be pub- publishing it. Once it comes out, we'll be publishing it on our site. And we publish articles all the time, but we only publish peer-reviewed. And a lot of them lately are, are based on survey and then and, and analysis of data. And so there's, you know, when you say research, it's not animal testing anymore. Most of it is just collecting data. There's so much data out there. And I think
1: with the whole like shift to one health focus, like the research that is being done now is really like just important in my mind. It's at this interface of animals and the environment, animals and people, how they're all working together. And we're looking at things that we just didn't used to look at before. And I think that's really cool.
0: Research has to be done. It has to be done ethically for sure. And that's why veterinarians are there. A lot of people don't realize that like but veterinarians, their job is to make sure everything's done ethically. But when there's alternative use, and that's great. I think the FDA just even came out with a statement on alternative to animal testing recently, too. So, But again, <laughs> it's not very exciting. And I know the person you're talking about is Josetta Adams. She loves research. Is that the person you were talking about or someone else? Uh, I haven't lived with
1: her, but she, yeah, she's getting her PhD. She's like in
0: that field. Yeah. Yeah, and how excited you are about international agriculture techniques. She goes crazy for immunology. Like she starts talking about immunology and then her eyes glaze over and she's smiling and radiant. It is like, you know, you're inside, there's no windows. There, you know, usually you're in an office. You you know, I don't know. It's not as fun. No fuzzy animals to play with or anything. So Right. Mine was all Excel sheets. Like just lovely and exciting. Okay. Being a vet student, you're going to see, or you've seen a lot of gross stuff. What's the grossest, most cringeworthy thing you've ever seen? I saw a uterine
1: tumor removed from a min pin, a mini pincher. And the tumor itself was between eight and 10 pounds, which on a dog that size was crazy. That was like one of the craziest, like just tumor removals I've ever seen. Where, what kind of tumor was it? a uterine tumor which is like also so random foreign bodies I've seen some interesting foreign bodies I've seen some underwear before I haven't had the classic like nobody knows whose underwear it is story Um, but I've definitely had underwear um, removed before and then in terms of like grossness some of the cases that the NYPD deals with the animal cruelty ones are just yeah, the, the I people come up with things that I just can't even imagine, or especially um some of the, I saw you know one that it was a dog um it was a neglect case that had been abandoned in a park and uh, the rope had become embedded in its neck. Those just those ones are gross. Like their head swells. It's just it's. Not,
0: yeah. But the good news is you clip it off, put it, well, number one, get it away from those people, clip it off, clean it up. And it it's amazing how they can heal back, which is good. Their heals from embedded
1: collars. I had to stop at some point and just be like, you guys didn't do surgery, right? Like I didn't miss something like they heal so well. It, yeah. I was also very shocked at the healing process for. Yeah.
0: It's amazing. I wasn't even in vet school yet. We had a case where a dog had its face ripped off by another dog. And this is back when there weren't any specialty. I don't even know if there is a specialty clinic in West Virginia, but there's no specialty clinics. You just, if you couldn't do it, you got to book out and try to figure it out or whatever. Um, But my boss, like he cleaned off. I mean, it was like the face was gone and he cleaned it all off, put in these tubes and the dog looked like Franken and, and then uh, like, a like six months later, looked normal yeah, the
1: body's crazy. Like it
0: is. wild. (laughs) Okay, cool. Next question. If you could go in a time machine anytime in the past or the future, where would you go and why?
1: I don't think I'd want to go to the future because I don't think I want to know. I'll just, I'll get there when I get there and see what I'm supposed to see. And then I think I would go to the past. I think I never got to meet my like well I met them but my grandfathers both passed when I was really young and both of them especially like my mother's side were immigrants like from Ireland living in New York City and I would love to see like my grandmother and grandfather be young in New York City
0: oh that's so cool where, where did they immigrate from Ireland that's what I thought you said Sealy oh Sealy it's my mom's side, but
1: Seal, my dad's dad, which is where he would have gotten the name, for what I understand, is mostly Irish. But I don't know. Yeah, we just don't have a good last name for.
0: <laughs> well, Sealy sort of sounds like it does sound Irish, but I feel like you have to have an O in front of it.
1: Yeah, right. My so my mom's maiden name was Breslin, or was her mom's name, and then H- Hagen, which we think like. At, um,
0: had they dropped the O uh, once they got over here, It was the O'Hagan. It's the O'Hagans and the O'Sealys. What it, <laughs> They were feuding for years in Ireland. Yes. And now they'd be really sad to know, like if you went back in time and you said, hey, I'm from the future. And then you're like, you tell them that the um, O'Hagans and the Sealies they married and had children. They'd be like, what? We hate the O'Sealys.
1: Right. Yeah. Even more so, like my grandfather like never even graduated high school and my grandmother never went to college and i think it'd be cool to be like well you have a granddaughter that's like gonna be a doctor and i'm really proud of that so like
0: (laughs) you know so next question what is the last show that you binge watched
1: i'm watching right now i can't binge watch it because it all comes out once a week but the last of us the new hbo show that's really good I'm also watching Mayor of Kingstown, which is the Jeremy Renner show. Uh, but the last one I binged watch was probably You. And then the second
0: part of that comes out in March. Yeah, March 9th. So I'm excited for that to come out. Um, I love like,
1: crime shows.
0: He's like a good guy. Like, he's like the good guy now. Yeah,
1: he's like somehow the victim in this one. And I'm still like, wait, remember? He was horrible still. <laughs>
0: he's not a martyr now (laughs) no no but do you you like him better with a beard and like that english look oh yeah i love facial hair (laughs) he looks really cute i think he looks really cute like that he does look like a professor yeah he's totally leaning into the professor role yeah who do you think did it who do you think is the the murderer oh wait we know we know who it is right uh, so we found out that it's, uh, the
1: guy that's running for mayor, I forget his name. Uh, but I think the girl's dad could come into play somewhere cause he's like very powerful. The love interest.
0: You don't think she, I think she might be it. Yeah, maybe
1: she, I think she's her or her family's involved more than we know, but I want love Quinn to come back. I hope, I think she like survived. I hope she comes out and is like really puppeteering this
0: whole thing. Okay, oh, 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 hold that thought. We've got to go to commercial break, and we'll be right back, so stay tuned. We'll be right back with more Vet Candy. Hello, this is Caitlin Palmer. You probably know me as the desk wench. You know, the sweet TikTok receptionist who has to deal with the evil Karen Stevens. Well, if you like that, you are going to love my new podcast, Desk Winch Confessions. On my show, I have funny guests who tell me about their own Karens. Plus, we have contests, giveaways, and skits. Trust me, you are going to love it. Check it out on a podcast platform of your choice on Vet Candy Radio. Yeah, I love it whenever the people you think are the most normal are the most craziest. It's always a good t- twist twist to that. Okay, next question. If you could only hear one song for the rest of your life or one artist, who would it be?
1: I love Billy Joel. I think a lot of his songs, yeah, like life-wise have been very important to me. But the artist that I love a lot right now is Quinn Nexii. I I don't know how he says the letters, but Quinn... I saw him in concert last year on kind of on a whim. I didn't know many of his songs, but it was great. And now, um, yeah, he's coming again. So I'm like, I got to get tickets again. But, but yeah, big Billy Joel fan. <laughs> his songs are so sad. Like the piano man. <laughs> I like, I listen to sad music. I think <laughs>
0: I was trying to explain, like I'll explain songs to my kids. And I was telling them about the piano man. I was like, He's in this bar and everybody there is like going nowhere. And it's really sad. They're like drinking their life. Away. The song Vienna
1: by him. Uh, when I was in high school and I was like really stressed about getting into college and like all this stuff. My dad told me to like listen to this song and it's like, you know, it starts out slow down. You crazy child. You're so ambitious for a juvenile. And that's just like has become my like, I'm stressed out. I'm it's all mostly fine. Like I can relax. I, know, I just like all of his stuff. He's on my bucket list of like people to see before I die still.
0: <laughs> well, speaking of that, what else is on your bucket list?
1: Uh, Southeast Asia. We already covered that one. Yeah, Billy Joel. Uh, I also really would love to see Kenny
0: Chesney before I die. He probably likes ag- international agriculture. You guys could talk about it.
1: Yeah, I maybe mean, he probably does. They all know nothing about agriculture. They just pretend they do. I want to go to all 50 states. How many of them have you gone to already? I think I'm at just over 50%. So I think I'm at like 26 or 27 states. Because I, I we went to Arizona two summers ago. And I think like around then I had just like crossed over 25 states. So somewhere around there. <laughs> but yeah, I'd love to go to every country. I don't know if that'll actually happen. But yeah, I don't know. I don't think that's like most of them. I want a Great Dane at some point. <laughs> that's my favorite <laughs>
0: Okay, next question. What is your go-to karaoke song? If I'm with my friend, anything Mamma Mia, ABBA.
1: That is like our go-to. We religiously will hang out and watch the Mamma Mia movies. (laughs) That's just, yeah. She's coming over Wednesday for dinner.
0: We're probably going to watch Mamma Mia. So, Cindy ever told you you have the music taste of like a 60-year-old woman.
1: Oh, I, I'm i an old man in a 26-year-old's body. Like I I just, yeah, I'd say anything, Mamma Mia. It's a crowd pleaser. <laughs> okay,
0: next, who is your celebrity crush?
1: Probably Ryan Reynolds. I think he's so in. Anti- Yeah, and he's funny. Who doesn't like something to laugh, you know?
0: (laughs) Yeah, him and and Blake Lively have such, well, I mean, from what it appears, they have such a sweet relationship. Yeah, and like, also, she can be my girl crush, too. She's fabulous. Yeah, I love her attitude. She, like, wasn't playing Serena in Gossip Girls. She was Serena. And she's going to be in the movie of the book I just finished,
1: Uh, It Ends With Us, by Colleen Hoover, I think she's playing the main character in that, uh, movie they decided to make. So
0: is it an apocalyptic novel? No, <laughs> no, it's a romance. Okay. Next question. What is your biggest guilty pleasure? Real housewives,
1: any ice cream. <laughs> I'm not guilty about that. Um, probably real housewives. I love those shows. All of them. I watch every city. Yeah. My favorite Now it's probably Orange County. I used to like New Jersey a lot, but I can't stay. Yeah. But any of the Real
0: Housewives, uh, that's my guilty pleasure for sure. Next question is, what's the biggest lesson you've ever learned? Probably to just not take
1: things so personally, especially when you're like stressed or going through something, it can just seem like everything is like against you taking the like two seconds to be like, they probably just actually didn't think about me at all when they made this decision. And like just that not everything is like an attack on you. And I think that makes it a lot, everything a lot easier to stomach.
0: (laughs) That's a good lesson to learn. That's a good lesson. Cause it does seem like, I mean, even if it was like, if it was made to make you upset, like being upset is what their goal is. So by not being upset because not taking it seriously or not taking it personally, then you have the power.
1: Yeah. Especially even like if we relate it to vet med, like we, everybody has had a horrible client or something at some point that just screams at them on the phone or like whatever is very not understanding or empathetic and being able to just be like, they're having a bad day. It probably has nothing to do with me. (laughs) Is like a little bit of like, if we can give ourselves some grace, I think that's important.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I think so, too. Okay, your last question. If you were a superhero, what would be your superpower? It would be to teleport
1: because people always say, like, do do you want to be able to fly? And I'm like, no, I want to be able to teleport because I still am going to have to get up early, fly. Flying sounds like it takes a lot of energy. (laughs) I would love to be able to get more sleep in my day because as soon as I get changed, I can just snap and be there. (laughs) you think about how much time I would get back <laughs> Southeast Asia. I wouldn't have to do a
0: 12-hour flight. I could just be there. That would be great. Yeah, several people also said teleportation because they, I think it's sort of the same thing. that people like to travel.
1: Yeah, I don't know how I could use that power for good, but
0: <laughs> I would try to be a superhero with that power. Yeah. <laughs> Whoop, there's a bad situation. I'm leaving. Boop. <laughs> okay, hold it right there. Let's take a break and go to our sponsor and we'll come right back and finish this conversation. We'll be right back with more Vet Candy. Vet Candy Radio delivers world-class content with engaging voices and inspirational messages curated by a network of top influencers and experts. Stream 24-7 at MyVetCandy.com. this was so much fun you answered all 21 questions you did such a great job so for our listeners out there you know that they learned more about you and they wanted like say if they want to connect with you I know you're on Instagram and it's at doctor in Dublin yep doctor
1: period and period Dublin or um, just my name Abby Sealy. I have a personal account too
0: And I feel like you're always wanting to spell your name A-B-B-E-Y, but it's A-B-B-Y. Just B-B-Y, yeah, no E's or anything like that. (laughs) And then you're also on LinkedIn too. So anybody has any good job offers or rotations, you want to check her out on LinkedIn. So thank you so much for being on the show. Next week, we have Dr. Martha Smith. And she's going to tell us all about life in Massachusetts, being a veterinarian. I think she does some kind of forensic stuff, too. So she'll be fun to talk to. So thanks for being on the show. And thank you guys for listening. It's vet candy. Vet candy. Vet candy. Vet Candy Radio.